Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 135-103 victory over the Phoenix Suns. The Suns come in on the second half of a back-to-back and put up a spirited first half, but the Hawks are able to use a awesome performance from their bench to get a big win in Atlanta. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks keep rocking along as they try to really win out on this way to the playoffs. The Hawks move to 37-30. and 30. They stay in the fifth spot in the East. The Knicks actually lost tonight, which was big. They lost to the Denver Nuggets, so the Hawks are now only half a game back on the Knicks to get that fourth seed in the East and possibly have a home series in the first round of the playoffs. But the Hawks really did a nice job of just closing down a tired team on the second night of a back-to-back. The Hawks... Welcome the Suns into State Farm Arena. The Hawks were wearing their MLK jerseys, which they moved to 9-1 and one in on that beautiful floor, those beautiful jerseys. They're going to have to bust them out in the playoffs at some point just because they play so well in those jerseys. But this first half was wild. Uh, the two teams combined for uh, 65 and 67 points. The Hawks were up two at halftime. Um, the Phoenix Suns shot over 50%. They shot 52% from the field. The Hawks shot 62 from the percent from the field and we're only up two. the Suns were able to make up a little bit of the difference at the free throw line but both teams hit eight three-pointers in the uh, first half and this game just looked like it was going to go down to the wire with how well the teams were playing in the first quarter the Hawks won the quarter 42 to 38 uh, the Hawks got a couple three-pointers down the stretch in order to build that lead and the Suns weren't going away the Suns were powered by you know, really their backcourt of Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and they came out and played really well. Uh, Devin Booker would end up scoring 30 points in this game. Chris Paul would have a down game, scoring only nine and having only six assists. But the Hawks would match them shot for shot. The Hawks got a lot of strong performances uh, from their starters, but really this was a game of the second unit. The Hawks' second unit would outscore the Suns' bench, 74 to 36. Yeah, that's right. 74 to 36. And they were a big part of building a lead at the end of the first quarter and into the second. And then ultimately taking a lead into the fourth quarter and then starting the fourth quarter on a 16 to 0 run and really icing this game where the Suns would end up waving the white flag with about seven minutes to go. But Really just an awesome performance from all the Hawks up and down the roster. After the game, Coach McMillan would talk about how he was really proud of the players for executing the game plan, for really turning it up on the defensive side of the ball. That first half was a lot of offense, and it really slowed down after that. Um, and the Hawks really took advantage. They got The Hawks got a really nice performance from their rookie, Oneka Kangwu. He would be plus 33 on the night, all of the bench or at least the top five players on the bench, they would all be plus 30, except for Solomon Hill. Um, Solomon Hill was plus three, but the rest of Kevin Herter, Danilo Gallinari, Lou Williams, and Aneka Okongwu were all plus 30 in the plus minus. Um, and really, again, this second unit lifted the Hawks. They played so well and were really just a big difference when compared to the bench for the Suns. But the fourth quarter, Aneka Okongwu chipped in 10 points. Lou Williams had nine points in the fourth quarter on his night. And after it being kind of close at the end of the third quarter, the Hawks were up nine. They were able to push the two-point lead up to nine in that third quarter. 
There was just nothing the Suns could do, and you can re- could really see them run out of gas. Now the Hawks did a nice job. I mean, just shooting in general um, on the game. The Hawks were 53 of 84 for 63 percent, 13 of 26 from three uh, for 50 percent. There they made 16 of 18 free throws. They out rebounded the Suns 46 to 30. Uh, the Suns did get 10 offensive boards, but uh, Clint Capella started the game with an offensive putback where Trey missed one of the few floaters he missed all game, and Clint got his hand up on the ball and was able to bounce in the basket. The Hawks had 35 assists. 35 assists on 53 baskets is just incredible. And after the game, Coach McMillan was just talking about how they really knew that the Suns are a strong defensive team and that in order to score on this team, they were going to not have to be able to only score with their first and second options. They knew the first and second options would be really well guarded, but they'd have to be able to go to their third and even fourth options, and that would require a lot of ball movement, and the Hawks executed that. Um, with those 35 assists, the Hawks only had 11 turnovers. The Hawks had eight steals, six blocks, and again, 60 points in the paint. They outscored the Suns there, 60-36. to 36. 15 second chance points, and then again, 74 points off the bench. For the Hawks starters, Clint Capella, there was really no one in the middle who could really challenge Clint Capella. It was not DeAndre Ayton's best game. Capella was 8 of 11, 2 of 2 on free throws for 18 points. He had 10 rebounds, so another double-double for the Swiss Bank. Uh, 10 boards, 5 of those offensive. He had 2 blocks in 23 minutes. All of the starters did not play any of the fourth quarter. That's right on the first night for the Hawks on a back-to-back. They're actually going up to Indianapolis to go play the Pacers tomorrow night. They were able to rest all of their starters for the entirety of the fourth quarter because of how well the second unit was playing. But uh, Clint Capella was able to do all of that in 23 minutes. Trey was 6 of 12. He missed all of his three-pointers. If there was one negative from this game, it was how badly Trey missed his threes. He took a couple of ill-advised threes. One was really deep, and one he just found himself open and decided to pull. But in a really untray-like fashion, he bricked all of them. In fact, he airballed his last three-pointer. But 6 of 12 from the field, 4 of 4 on his free throws for 16 points. He had 2 rebounds, 12 assists. Again, he only played 23 minutes. Bogey just continues to do bogey things. 6 of 11 from the field, 4 of 6 on his three-pointers. He had 16 points, a rebound, six assists, two steals, two blocks, one awesome block on Devin Booker where he was able to get back into the play after Devin had kind of gotten into the paint. And Bogdanovich came off of his man and blocked his shot from behind Devin Booker. Uh, JC, I thought the Hawks could have gone to Collins a little bit more. Collins was the one player I thought the Hawks had a distinct advantage of, advantage with on the court. But J.C. settled in for three of four, one of three on his three-pointers, or excuse me, one of two on his three-pointers, two of two from the free-throw line um, for nine points. He had four rebounds, a steal. Uh, He was plus three, which was in the plus-minus, which was highest of any of the starters. This was a weird game where the uh, bench unit really out, really carried the Hawks to a victory in this one. The the second unit just really outplayed the Suns' second unit. And carried the Hawks. And then finally, Tony Snell, no three-pointers, but he did have a driving layup and was plus three as well, just like John Collins. But again, the starters were able to rest the entire fourth quarter because of just the effectiveness of the second unit. The second unit of Herder, Gallinari, Hill, Lou Williams, and Aneka Congo was just balling. 
and really able to get up in transition um, and really take advantage of everything that the Suns were doing wrong. Um, Herter would chip in with 13 points, two rebounds, two assists. He was a team high, plus 35 off the bench. Danilo, the Suns had no no answer to Danilo Gallinari. He played. Um, he was able to score 16 points on seven of nine shooting, one of two on his three-pointers, five rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Uh, while Solomon Hill only had made one shot, he made a three. And once Solomon Hill made a three, you kind of knew that's what kind of night it was going to be for the Atlanta Hawks. They just had everybody making shots. And it was all happening where the Suns would get close the and the Hawks would be able to kind of stave off any runs that the Suns have and keep the lead at three and then push it all the way up to 10. The Suns were able to take a 10-point deficit in the second quarter and make a 10-0 run to tie the game in the second quarter, and they took a brief lead right at the beginning of the third quarter. But other than that, the Hawks really controlled this game and never let the Suns really get into it. Both Chris Paul and Devin Booker were really frustrated with the uh, officials. They were getting a lot of the same calls that Trey Young usually gets, where maybe in other games they would get continuation and be able to get a lot more and ones. But Trey Young was getting called with no continuation, and to the officials' credit, they also were calling it the same way for both Chris Paul, uh, Mikhail Bridges, and also Devin Booker. Devin Booker in, partition, in particular looked very fus- frustrated by the calls that the officials were making. Um, Lou Williams came in, and of course he got going in the fourth quarter. He did a really nice job of fi- finding Aneka Kongwu. After the game, Kongwu talked about how Lou Williams has been a great guy for him to talk to. He said Lou's always telling him where he needs to be. And you can tell when they're on the court, Lou's always trying to find his big man. I think a little bit to Lou's detriment, he's always trying to find his big man. And sometimes he can get caught in the air and to be looking solely to find the big man in the paint and sometimes get turnovers. But he is doing everything to try to get his big man, whether it's Clint Capella, John Collins, or Aneka Kongwu, who had about three massive dunks for big OO. But it was really good to see Lou Williams have a, a very good game. Two of four from his three-pointers. He had 16 points, four rebounds, five assists. He was plus 33. And then finally, Okongwu. I thought this was kind of the Okongwu game. Okongwu had one just beautiful block. He came off the weak side and erased uh, one of the Suns players' shots. Just came over, erased it. That led to a Hawks three-pointer. On the next possession down, the Hawks got a shot up. Okongwu got the offensive rebound, which led to a Gallinari three-pointer. And Okongwu was everywhere. It was really good to see after the game. He got the interview with Neek, Vince Carter, and Bob. And then afterwards, he just talked about, you know, it was kind of, he was ready to play. And it was it was definitely his best game. And it was really good to see the young man out there. He he was had his hook shot working. He was being forceful going up to the basket. He made a couple free throws. It was just really nice to see Okongwu. He's really settled in with the second unit. I think one thing Coach McMillan has done an awesome job with is really solidifying that second unit and being like, these are the roles y'all are going to play. Y'all are going to be on the second unit and get, you know, y'all need to be able to play with one another. And I think each one of them has said that being told that this is who they're going to play with and getting those reps on the court has been hugely beneficial for them. Um, Just awesome to see OO have a big game. And as it comes down, to the end of the season, it is important for a Kongwu to get these reps in uh, after the game. Again, Coach McMillan was talking about how really for a Kongwu this year is all about getting his foot wet, his feet wet, um, playing in the NBA. And 
his leash is sort of as long as he doesn't make any mistakes. And tonight, he did not make many mistakes. Plus 33, two blocks. I mean, it was just awesome to see Okongwu be out there and be so effective. For the Suns, they got solid performances from Mikael Bridges. He was 6 of 9 from the field, 2 of 3 on three-pointers for 18 points. He had three rebounds, a steal, and a block. Early on, he had, he was matched up with Trey Young. I thought that the Hawks sort of let the Suns dictate that matchup. Um, and Mikael Bridges is 6-8 at least, and it's just a tough matchup for Trey Young. And uh, I kind of felt that the Hawks could have been a little more proactive in getting Trey Young just to guard Chris Paul, but Mikael Bridges was out there and, and took advantage of that. Devin Booker again went off for 30 points. For most of the game, he was the only son really uh, getting to the basket. They did have a few players hit a couple threes. Again, they would finish the game shooting 12 of 32 from th the three-point line. But Devin Booker was really getting wherever he wanted. The Hawks did a good job of limiting his three-point attempts. He was only one of two from the three-point line. Um, but Devin Booker went off, and uh, the Hawks you know, kind of had let Booker go off and then limited really what the other Suns players did. Um, finally, again, Chris Paul did not have his best night, and the Suns were coming off a brutal back-to-back -back where they played in Cleveland, won in overtime, and then had to come into Atlanta. And uh, the Hawks had to come out and get a win. At the end of the first half, it was 65-67, and the Suns were certainly still in it. And I think if the Suns had got had been able to get a win in Atlanta, they would have gone all out. But it just became clear that the Hawks were prepared. Uh, their second unit was balling out hitting a bunch of threes, and it was able to push the lead so much that the Suns were just like, this is the last game of our road trip. Let's just get back to Phoenix um, and get out of here. And the Hawks were able to really not push all of their guys and get ready for a game tomorrow in Indianapolis against the Pacers. And the Pacers could definitely be a trap game for the Hawks. I think Nate McMillan has done a good job of getting the Hawks to be focused on each game. And each player talks about how important each game is as they get into the playoffs and playoff seeding. But this Pacers team is in a little bit of free fall. They had a big kind of blow up between an assistant coach and player tonight in their loss to the Sacramento Kings. So I'm sure they're going to want to come out and perform much better against the Hawks tomorrow. But this Hawks team is rolling to get wins over the Blazers and the Suns in two games that uh, in a row is huge for the Hawks. And they continue to play well. 37 and 30 that's a winning season and a season that is 30 uh the, in a season that is 72 games long they are 37 and 30 and they're going to have a winning season which is so exciting the first time in the Trey Young era and John Collins era that the Hawks are going to have a winning season and they're going to make the playoffs so really big win for the Hawks one they can really hold them their heads high their second unit came out and played well and they can go into Indianapolis feeling good about themselves and try to get a win in their last road game of the season. But we'll be here to talk to you about the Pacers and Hawks game tomorrow. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.